And welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and sitting right in front of me well, are my co-hosts. I'm Dust. kind of off to the side, actually. Well, okay, I'll angle myself. <laughs> All right, there I'll you angle go. myself. Uh, to the, my left is Dustin, uh, my financial expert and good buddy. And then uh, right across the table from me is our MTG Yellow Belt producer extraordinaire, ma- man on the mixing board. Yeah, Cameron. there is a mixing board in front of us. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Memory. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the question is, is this right now the most intensely produced magic podcast ever because we're using a physical mixing board right now? <laughs> Probably. It's a little old school, I'd say. Hey, how right? does that make it intense? We, do you see Cameron I'm turning like actually knobs? dialing knobs. Oh, right I Trying see. to get the bass correct, yeah. Well, that just be more of a professional... <laughs> Professionally intense. Professionally intense. Yeah. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, we are on the Saturday night of SCG Kansas City. Um, Cameron, you played standard. I did not. Yeah. I abstained. But you probably had more success. Well, let, let's let's get there. Let's first talk about your experience. So you drove down to Des Moines from Des Moines. From Des Moines, yep. Uh, um, so Friday, uh, I came into town and... Um, hung out with you pretty much all afternoon and we just kind of play tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had kind of like this brew of a Naya planeswalker ish mm-hmm. type deck, mm-hmm. uh, played it a couple times, had some good success against like your blue white control deck and moderate. Okay. Competition against the the monsters. So, so yesterday during your play testing, Curtis had told you that two Chandra's was too many. Yeah. Was that the same thing today? No. I so was two the right number? I, two felt right. Okay. I only cited out a Chandra once in right. the entire time, but I'll I, I can All right. get there. All right. Um but like the one card that I'm just like I have to eat crow for, like absolutely have to, is a, a Johnny mentor of heroes. Um He did get you a hundred life. <laughs> we'll get there as well. Uh so like I I got so hung up on that that ultimate ability that I wasn't really, I think, even paying attention to the other two plus one abilities that that card has. Shouldn't you only be hung up on really his first ability? No, you should. Right? Well, right? well, hold on. So yeah. here's what here's what was happening though. We were play testing, and you know, in people that seriously play test, they create what's called a gauntlet, mm-hmm. where they put together each of the top decks and then they run their deck against it. We didn't really have that kind of time because. Mm-hmm. Our schedule or resources. So I just had monsters and control. Mm -hmm. So you know we were messing around initially with the deck, and I said, "Have you tried one, Johnny?" I loaned Mm -hmm. him one. We tried it. We had really good results. Mm -hmm. I still think it's a one of card, but we Mm -hmm. we eventually went to a two of just to mess around with the deck. You put two in there. I did put two in there. Uh, It was probably the best performing card of the day. Right. Aside from the one time that I actually did get the ultimate his ability off, right, and right, get 100 right. life to a mono black player, and that was really awesome. Um, but yeah, so like that is a card really that I, I was like most up on on this deck. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that I just would never have really liked. But there's something really, really, really awesome about having an elvish mystic and put three counters on it, and so then four, put four another elvish three, mystic, right? and then like all of a sudden that thing is just a house. Do people you play against not have Heroes Downfall or Doom Blades or anything? You know, the funny thing is, is that they were using them on everything else. So like all of my Planeswalkers right. that I had, like they would Heroes Downfall the Chandra, they would Heroes Downfall the But they'd leave the your 7-7 seven, seven Elf. But like, they, well, they would just, that would be earlier in the game. Okay. So that by the, you know, what, like turn eight... 
you know, they've already just used like three or two right, right. heroes downfalls, and yeah, I'm just kind of set. Weird. Um, and I also had like a Boros charm, which actually Boros charms that actually helped with right, just right. going against black and that. Sense you you weren't using uh, the soul of New Phyrexia? No. No, so, so this was all like a brew. Yeah, this and, is totally a brew. And very untuned, but we wanted to give it a shot. Yeah. So, you know, you pull up to the tournament, you sign in, we register, all the, those things. Uh, let's walk, give us your tournament reports. So uh, the first deck that I played against was a mono-black devotion deck. Okay. Um, and he honestly, like, I, he was a, he seemed like a fine player, but he just never got like the card advantage right. thing going on. Was off it the with, pack rat type? Yeah, it was okay. the, the pack rat thing. And, um, you know, I just had enough hate in there mm. where, especially when, you know, he was able to get the pack rat to kind of go off. Right. Um, and I was able to just kind of like, you know, Selesnia charm and then <clears throat> banishing light and I'm still kind of right, golden right. for that. So that was great. Uh so was, that was uh that, that was an actually the easiest match of the day was when 2-0 done with that. Uh and he was like skipping to tell me that oh, he yeah, won his yeah, first yeah, match. Yeah, he was right. pumped. Anyway. Yeah, it was great. I, I would um, like to see Cameron skip. Dude, huh? you kind of saw that in St. Louis. I was pretty happy there. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um uh game 2 or uh, round 2 went up against uh Mono Blue Devotion. And I I thought it was a mono black but this is the one where i actually ultimated um a johnny and i just felt gross doing so like you the comments that you made on the podcast just came back to haunt you yeah, right yeah yeah i mean it's just you know that first game right to like to go up to 100 life and then win the game it was awesome so uh, I, re- but- I recall a time when you said xenagos was the god of formats <laughs> so yes. what does that make a johnny um the god of this deck. Yeah, the god of this deck, right? <laughs> okay. Um, and then, but I lost against that um, round three. Went up against another mono black deck. Uh, this one I did lose against as well, which was kind of a bummer, but whatever. Um, and the, the hardest part about that was, like, he had me down to two life. I had him down to two life. The next turn, I was going to just, you know, I could have done a number of things just to overwhelm mm-hmm. him he had nothing on the board and then of course just gray merchant that's it two life i have no counters nothing right it's over right. it was like the only thing that i could have lost that that turn to that turn to so right. uh that really really uh stunk uh then went up against a uh, a white devotion deck and when you have two storm breath dragons online <laughs> whatever that they're, they're just host right? Like, right there's nothing right. you can do about that that's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. Around uh, whatever was Jun or not Jun Monsters is Green Red Monsters. Okay. Um, this would be round three, right? Yeah. No, this is round four. Round four. Did we skip yeah. a round? Right, right, no, right. no, we're yeah. good. We're good. Okay. Maybe right. I'm just not yeah. listening to him. Yeah. And dude, I'm like totally <laughs> losing. Con- <laughs> this is like the worst thing. I'm totally losing track. It's really hard to, by yeah. the way, to like recall this all after you finish a tournament. Yeah. It's a lot easier for whatever reason, like two days later, to like really put the scope and sequence of the tournament together yeah, in your yeah. head but yeah and i'm like blending because like in between each of the matches like there's a lot of people from des moines i saw a lot of them so right. i would just like kind of play test with them right, as well right. and so like i'm mixing like a mono red devotion and all this stuff that's just, what, what, would those be your fans that are following you no no, no not oh, at all that's too bad all of des moines um, is his fan i yeah, see yeah i see 
So anyway, um, last one I played against was a Bant Control deck, which was actually one of the more interesting, just because I had never actually played against Bant Control yet. And mm-hmm. it was just more than anything. I don't think it was a great deck. I think if you're going to go Control Route, Blue White is still a much better deck. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun deck. Mm-hmm. Just with having Kira in there, he had Advent of the Worm, which is really weird. Uh, so like, there's just a lot of just interesting interactions that happen during that game Um, right i lost that one which was kind of a bummer uh so ended going three three which not horrible i guess uh and then we went and got chipotle afterwards like every good magic which makes you a winner yeah it it, that i i yeah curtis and i were the winners after that right yeah we actually kind of had this epiphany that we didn't want to keep playing and not eat Right, yeah, <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah, so I did, especially really long tournaments. You always get that hunger right in the middle, and you don't want to buy event food. Mm, right, no, yeah, no, no. and I, I didn't end up playing the Legacy Challenge, which was five to nine o'clock, because we hadn't had lunch, and I was very hungry. And I, hey, I'm going to play Legacy tomorrow. Didn't you take yeah. Cliff Bars? You always take Cliff Bars. Oh uh, yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> and I had was too it not many enough? Other, no, it was not I enough. See. You know, I, I actually, this is true. I buy enough Cliff or Power Bars for me and Dustin. Because every yeah. time so I know, I know yeah. that he's going right. to need one. Cause yet, he, yet I always turn him down. <laughs> but he's always got the extras in his bag. <laughs> this is our relationship yeah. in a nutshell, right there. Right. There you go. Yeah. So I just want to say, like, the last thing I want to talk about with the standard tournament, and this is just something, uh, like, I don't know if we have a lot of new players who listen to our podcast or not, but. Um, oh my God! Did you get noticed? No, no, Aww. nothing like that. But like, I just noticed that, like. I'm still making very amateur mistakes. Right. Like, to the point where, I mean, like, it's definitely there's room to grow and everything, but, like, I was missing not a lot, but enough that, like, I feel like it did cost me certain games where, like, missing, like, a Planeswalker trigger or just, you know, not sequencing things the correct way Mm -hmm. and, you know, screwing it up or whatever. So there's still a lot of room to grow. Um, And I just, I don't know as far as, like, what you guys do do you have mental checklists that you go through just to make sure that everything on that board is good to I, go? I think the thing is, we've been playing so long, a lot of it's automatic for us. Yeah. I mean, because when we were younger, there was days upon days, especially in the summertime, and it was just hours worth of game after game after game after game. And um, I don't know, you just you train yourself not to miss that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, practicing for marathons, right? Yeah. And don't Eventually get me wrong. There. Like, I am like tenfold better than I was right. even probably seven months ago. Uh, but it just, it's like that's the most upsetting part is still just like, oh, Cameron, like that was like, I know my opponent is totally judging me because I missed a trigger or something right, like that. Right. So here's what I'll say. And this is something that's kind of my perspective. So, first of all, <clears throat> And I know Cameron and you know our listeners haven't really don't really know this, but you're you're a runner. You know you've been involved in that kind of competition, and I think physical competition exists in a different space than mental competition does. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like at physical competition, I always have a ceiling that I'm bumping up against. Okay, you know what I mean. There's there's always a point I can get to where it's like, it's not about willpower. It's about this is just as far as I can go. There is a plateau. Mm-hmm. Whereas magic, that ceiling or chess or poker is not as apparent to you. And there's a group of players that when they run into their first set of mistakes for a tournament, they go on tilt and they can't really handle it. Right? I've made, and you saw me make, an incredibly dumb set of mistakes today. Yeah. And I still went on to win that match. And I think one of the keys is to compartmentalize 
right? What, and I, oh, sorry guys, I'm going to throw out some sports terminology, <laughs> uh, is to compartmentalize and create what's called an approach. So in professional baseball, you know, or, or basketball free throws are the same way. You know, you see these guys and they're like doing this thing with their batting gloves over and over again between every mm-hmm. pitch. And you're like, what are they doing? As a, a spectator, you get so irritated right? because you're like, I just want the next pitch and I want them to hit, yeah, you know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. what they're doing is compartmentalizing because there's so many mistakes that you make as a hitter that you have to say, okay, that happened, now I'm onto this pitch. You know, that mm-hmm. happened, now I'm onto this pitch. And that's what they're trying to uh, kind of do, and that's what you have to do with magic. Okay. Right. I mean, dude, I punted a game so hard today. Like, you, and Cameron was there for the whole thing. Yeah. It was, I think he thinks less of me as a human being. It's true. Right. Yeah. But uh, it ended up working out. Yeah. So, one thing that, I, that I've done in the past, and maybe this just makes me a bad person, whatever. Um, Cheats a lot. Yeah. Well, no, it, it's not that. It's, I, I typically play the game because it's fun, yeah. right? But every now and then, whether it's competitive or um, not so competitive, you have that opponent of yours that you know makes a couple mistakes here and there, and you might let it slide, but as soon as you make a mistake, they call you on it. Sure. Right? And in my head, it's like, you know, it's like, well, I let you get away with two things or let you take something back, and if you want to play this way, we'll play this way. And then I don't I don't show it, but in my mind, I am... <laughs> like, there's no tomorrow. Okay. So I make sure that every little thing is done to the T on my side, his side, so on and so on. So, I mean, you don't want to project that anger and actually uh you know make it a bad experience for people but you need to know that every little thing has to be done mm-hmm. perfection man mm-hmm. you know and once you get to that point and you're just watching every single thing you'll you'll be like curtis where if he does lose he's just like biting his nails wondering where he went wrong yeah when in all reality yeah. he might not have done anything wrong sure you know sure. a lot of it is luck yeah. yeah 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 we actually had a huge discussion about this at the shop and they they asked me uh, what what percentage of magic I think is based on luck, and I said ten percent, and I was I was the lowest percentage. I, I think it's more yeah. than that. Yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think ten percent. Now keep in mind we're taking the whole spectrum of all magic players. Right. Okay? okay. So if you're taking the average kitchen table guy versus your average tournament player, think about that though. Like, how often is a tournament player going to win? Yeah, a but, lot. Mm. Aren't some people just luckier than other people though? Sure. <laughs> Sure, if you're a uh, 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 Walton, right, and you've inherited the Walmart fortune, you are a more fortunate okay. human being okay. than I am. When, when right? you said Walton, I mean, like, thinking about this country family that lives on a mountain. No, 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 no. TV no, show. No, you, like, totally wow. threw me off there. No. I'm like, what's that got to do with anything, right? The Walton family that has inherited the billions right. and billions of dollars right. from Walmart. The real Walton family. Shout out, Waltons. One. I love you guys. I hate um, those guys. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and this podcast is now going to be sued. No. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so I just decided to show up in side draft. I've been really enjoying my time with M15 Limited. And guys, I'm going to give you a nugget of strategy, the Curtis method of drafting M15. I open the pack and I ask myself, is there a Frostlings? A foil Frostlings. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the rare is. I don't care. It's, is there a Frostling? Because all I want out of my life is to open a Frost Lynx, pass the pack, you, you know, you and know, open another Frost Lynx. I understand <laughs> that you're there to win and you're there to play the game, but if I open a foiled Nissa, I'm taking that over the Frost Lynx. Sorry. Can't help it. No, that's fair. And that's logical. But Frost Lynx...
for playability. Nine times out of ten, Curtis right. would probably take that Frostlinks. So, yeah. so Frostlinks is a common. When you're drafting, how many get passed to you? Uh, Have you ever had like six in one uh, deck? A, a crazy amount. Okay. So I've, I've <laughs> in three drafts of M15. Okay, so t- I drafted twice today, and I played right. three Frostlinks. Right. Okay. I think I had two or three in my previous draft deck. Right. And I'm drafting the Welkin Turn Frostling deck. So my first draft, I drafted blue-red. And here's my experience. Like, halfway through the draft, it got kind of weird. You know, all of a sudden, I wasn't seeing things. And and I... Um, Did you sideboard out your Frostlings? No. I, I wasn't. Like, <laughs> we're talking about halfway through the draft. And okay. I thought, man, somebody must have switched colors. And then I overhear the guy that sat next to me tell his buddy, what I like to do is see what my the guy to my right is drafting. And then take his colors so I can cut him out. So he watches your picks? Well, or Ooh, like... That's dirty. Or, that's saw, dirty. or, or yeah. like just through the packs, whatever. But he tried to right. cut me, which right. is ridiculous. What you need, you need to you start Why? like... You got to draft like you're playing poker, right? Where you just like bend up the corners of the cards to see what they are, you know? So well, no one can actually see what I you're mean, picking. I mean, competitive REL drafts, which Star City used to do, which I used to love, um, you know, it was much more like you had to put your pick in a container... You know, so you couldn't look at it again, right, what, right. whatever. So the point is, you or know, sit at a round table, and then no one's like right there on yeah, your shoulder. Yeah, and that, that was right. part of it yeah. as well. So at, at any rate, so I drafted a blue red tempo deck and got to the finals and played against a guy that had I, I can't remember. I think he might have been red, white, red, black. I don't know. It was red, mostly red, and then mm-hmm. something else. And uh, he was playing Goblin Rabble Master. Oh, yeah. We got to game three, and I mulled to five and just got crushed. Yeah. Or was that game two I got? It was, that was game two that you got One crushed, of the games yeah. I mulled, and so yeah. it was right. just kind of like an auto loss. And then, But anyway, it was, it was a good match. You should have Frost Links the Rabble Master. I didn't get to Frost Links Man. That's <sighs> yeah. the problem. Yeah. But I did, I did have an Illusionary Angel in but, that. But, but, but if you had taken the Evolving Wilds, like we talked about, I did take an involving wild study. Oh, okay. And you still later. didn't get your mana. Yeah. So Wait. anyway, it's, these are ten dollar drafts, by the way. So the the prize value is non existent. Okay. Right. So you ten bucks, you get into the draft, and the only person that gets anything is the person that wins. They get three packs or a pass into the next. Right. Draft. Right. That's it. Right. It's single elimination. So, <clears throat> and of course, I don't open anything of value. My first draft, the the my deck is so devalued in terms of what's in it. Um, I don't go with sleeves. No foil black cats, <laughs> no nothing. No, I, yeah. I just straight raw Man. dog it. And uh, I did have a siege dragon, um, but that was like it. So anyway, the Curtis All Common special. Yeah. Then I go to my next draft, and you know, I'm I'm going mono green. I get a Yusan, I get a Colonian Twin Grove, and then all of a sudden what gets passed to me? Frost links. <laughs> <laughs> so so I now you're blue green. Yeah, I splash I, uh, two or three islands in an evolving wild, right? And a frost links, <laughs> a void snare, and like something into the void or whatever the, right, the bounce right, two creatures right, right. are. And so I'm all pumped about this deck because I'm like I've got uh, Cameron. I find this funny that just like a week ago he was dogging me for taking the evolving wilds for a draft out of draft. I pack. wasn't. I wasn't dogging you. I don't. Think and next thing you one. know. He's got evolving wads and like you all of his drafts. Act like I devoted a segment to you picking evolving well, wilds. It, it was like a half hour hate of me picking evolving wilds. I remember uh, this clearly, right? Man. So, here's what happened. I sit down. I'm all excited for this deck because I really like it, and my opponent drops. And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I just pay ten bucks, rare draft, and then drop." 
and then I get into another one. Honestly, that's good value, though. I mean, <laughs> it depends Sometimes, on the set. Yeah, it sure, depends on what sure. you're opening or what's getting passed. But at any rate, I, I do that. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to buy. Uh, round two, I win. And then the finals, I win a squeaker. And, and the opening game of this is where I, I mean, it was just like I traded two creatures because I misread the text. It was bad. But, but game three. I get uh, the Yusan. What's his something with the Wanderer Bard? The Wanderer, right? Yeah. I get him active. Mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa! That card is bananas, and he's got a flyer that he can swing in to kill me. Yusan's on two tap. Put him to three. What do I go get? Um, hang on. This is M fifteen. Oh, Frostlinks! <laughs> I get a Frostlinks. <laughs> tap that bad boy down and kill him. Right. And I get three packs that are worth nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, so all together, it was a how many Frost Links day? Just three. Just three. So out of the first draft and the other one together was three total Frost Links. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. As a common, I would expect you to have more than that. Hey, dude. Hey. I'll take it every yeah, time. Yeah. I know. I know. And, and by the way, the surprise of the draft, I know this is not really that great limited analysis. Welkin Turn's been really disappointing t- uh, to me. There's a lot of things that can deal one damage. I think the reason is because it's not a Suntail Hawk. That's probably mm-hmm. the problem. I mean, you know. Uh, but Seder Wayfinder's been shockingly a big overperformer for me. I mean, right. basically, you just have to be okay with letting things hit the yard. But yeah. it is a go get it. Like if it was two mana and said get a land out of your deck, you would play that every time, time right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, mm-hmm. I mean, the chances of that happening are really high. Um, and generally speaking, on two, if you don't hit any lands with it, then uh, you've gotten closer to lands, which you'll likely need. So that's kind of my quasi limited analysis. It is such good EV. I almost want to not play Legacy. <gasps> Just to draft tomorrow. Wow. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I was thinking because about playing it is modern. crazy good value. I I really think it would just be better instead of spending $40 on a modern tournament and not uh, knowing I'm not going to get anything so out I'd of it. So play four drafts instead? Yeah, just play four drafts. And, so do right? it, man. Yeah. yeah. What's stopping you? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing at all. So I, I will. foil black cats. Exactly. I'll yeah. still right. likely play Legacy, but man, the drafts, it's just such good value. And, and by the way, again... And, Watching you, it looks so much fun too. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's very chill comparatively. I just want to say this because you know we always try to mention them, and we kind of trashed on Star City Games St. Louis because of the experience. This has been an opposite experience. It was good parking, oh, yeah. good space. Yeah. The judge staff ran everything so cleanly. Like it, well, it maybe really they went well. learned from St. Louis. I, th- I, you know what? I think it was a uh, part of the venue, whatever. But props to them for this time around. So hey, guys, we got some spoilers to talk about. So let's cut out of this segment. Come back. Talk spoilers. Okay, guys. So we've got some information about cons of Tarkir uh, because of the San Diego Comic Con panel. So we do know that... Is it horsemanship? Did it come back? No. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? This this is like... <clears throat> I'm very excited. Is, is this a card, a mechanic? What are I mean, we? I don't want to say that the people at Watsy definitely listen to our show, but I think they do. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. They definitely so, so, listen to our show. Is it a like, new mechanic or is it a returning mechanic that I'm over, cycling? No, that I'm over the moon for. Over the moon for. Yeah. And it's not cycling. I like cycling. You're close. You're I'm very cycling. close. Really? Yeah. Really? Is it that? Is it morph? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Morph is back. Why is Woo! morph back? No. No. Morph is the best, man. No. 
I I like Morph. He he was the worst one on the X Men cartoon too. Well, that let's not. Like, I'm just hold saying. all morphs to that standard. All right, fine, fine. Morph is so skill intensive and so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, please, and and it Wait, makes... why can't I just have illusionary mask? And then it's like I'm morphing everything. I don't know. Dustin. Dustin, I know, right? Morph was in onslaught. You know what else was in onslaught? <sighs> Cycling. Yeah. <laughs> So some of the cards that we got back in M15 were in Onslaught. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right, so here's what I want to do. They've decided... Okay, this is like Alara, but with the wedge colors, right? So okay. the, the three-color pairs that didn't exist on Alara block. Okay. Um, and what we mean by wedge for people that are like, what the heck are you talking about? You're talking about? like Savage Land-type lands, but with... The opposite colors. So if you're looking colors. at the back of the Magic card, it creates a triangle, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not referring to the greatest star pilot in the galaxy. <laughs> Okay. Of course not. Don't judge me on that, Cameron. I'm not. <laughs> I, I feel like you're getting ready to be very contentious about Wedge, and that would have been a problem. Um, anyway, Wouldn't so... Wouldn't technically Luke Skywalker be the best? He blew up the Death Star. And... Well, he's got the... He's a Jedi. Like, well, that doesn't so, count. So, he doesn't, so you can't be both. No. Well, okay, fine. The the best non-Jedi Star Okay, part. there we yeah. go. And by the way, last time I checked, Wedge lived through two Death Star runs. Yeah. Fair enough. And he didn't wreck his Snowspeeder. There you Booyah. go. Booyah. Right. There you go. Booyah. Okay, ready? So I am going to the the colors have new names. So remember with Alara Block they did like So there's like Grixis, there was Bant, there was Esper, Naya, I'm missing one. Uh, but anyway. Okay. And and then Jund. Didn't they like take other Jund, there you go. like people named the other colors like Junk and stuff like that, right? Well, so the then there's the Ravnica guilds. Okay. But sometimes we skip those, right? So right. like you don't I mean a lot of times black red is black red, not Rakdos. Well, well guilds are only two color. Right, right, but but almost every red white deck is referred to as Boros. Right. So some of these names stick, some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? Nobody calls it Azorius Control, right? I mean, well, people uh, actually do. people do, uh, but it's I always say blue white. Yeah, it's a lot. Blue good white example, Cam. Blue white is good a lot example. More I think it's a better example. But you don't hear people say blue white black. They say Asper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So white black green. White black green. I, I just don't think you're prepared for how bad these are. <laughs> okay. Now I might be mispronouncing these, but white black green, which was previously known as junk, is now. Uh, Abzan. Abzan? <laughs> Abzan. A B Z A N. Um Abzan. Wow. Um no. Okay. You know that wizards, this just took like two names. We'll say uh I don't know, like Abby over here right, right. and I don't know. It, it, isn't Abzan like what like you would name a tiger that in like Arabian Nights or something, right? Sure. That would make, yeah. I mean, wow. Incoming weird. cultural inappropriateness. No, um, <laughs> dude, here's the thing. I, I, what they probably did is like focus group tested these and all kinds of crazy things. And they really could have just hired Dustin. And if he just had the, are you kidding me look? <laughs> <laughs> like next. <laughs> call it junk. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So blue, white, red, which people awkwardly call American, whatever. Right. Is which is technically French, French right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeskai. Jeskai? How do you spell <laughs> Jeskai? J-E-S-K-A-I. Telling you. <laughs> okay, why, why, do, why do I feel like like some developer had two kids, one named Jeska, one named like Kylie or exactly. something. It's like, oh, it's yeah. Jeskai. Mm-hmm. My kids are famous now. Yeah. 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 I don't no. know that you... This is actually about to get a lot worse. <laughs> so, bug colors is Sultai. 
Soul tie. S U L T A I. I think that's actually the best one. Soul tie. Okay, okay so so is it just me or like Esper and Naya and stuff like? <laughs> I, I mean, the least <sighs> bad one. How's okay. that? Okay, so Esper, Naya, stuff like that just rolls off the tongue, right? But this is all like fancy evil wizard names or something it's like right? they had a meeting and like the boss is like all right i want five names at the end of the meeting right, they're like uh, right. uh just guy right <laughs> all right so god red white black okay which is a witch that doesn't really have a nickname right you, you it, it's been called team italia before okay mm. uh is i got it. mardu mardu <laughs> m-a-r-d-u what forever it will be called marmaduke Wow, and the, and then rug, okay, which is nice, clean, rolls off the tongue is Timur, Timur, T E M U R, Timur, Timur, Timur. Wow. Now that that's all the bad stuff from this set. Okay, I'm about to show you the greatest thing about this set is the, the art thing. that they spoiled. Okay, describe the picture you're looking at. Okay, so we got this obviously Mongolian looking guy. Punching a bear in the face with his tongue all... Well, the bear's tongue is all like... Yeah, flopping. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Rocky style. So the question is, great magic art or greatest magic art? It doesn't scream magic to me. Dude, I want oh, this on a shirt. Are you kidding me? That is amazing. Don't get me wrong. The artwork's good, but it doesn't scream magic. You know? It screams, it, I'm going to punch you in the face. It, it's it, amazing. To me, it looks like and I don't care you if you're see. a bear. Yeah. It, it's like something you would see in like... Um, like a more hardcore Mulan movie, right? <laughs> it's exactly what's going on, right? <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> hardcore Mulan? Yeah. Let's, no. No, let's, that's, yeah. Like okay. violent Mulan, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> so, two cards spoiled cause, because okay. there's going to be a dual deck, okay? Of course. So, Zergo Helm Smasher is... Zergo. Yeah, that helps the names, too. Dude, I think Zergo's a better name than any of the wedges I just said. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, is now, now, these could be like maybe of like Mongolian Asian descent or something. We're pronouncing them completely wrong, right? Right. Let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. Um, Zergo Helm Smasher is two, a red, a white, and a black. Okay. Okay. For a 7-2 haste legendary orc warrior. 7-2? With haste. Haste. He attacks each turn of Abel. He's indestructible as long as it's your turn. And whenever a creature deals d- dealt damage to Zergo Helm Smasher, this turn dies. Put a plus one, plus one counter on him. Okay. So basically we play this guy for five mana. He's a seven, two. And then someone just magma sprays him. <laughs> Not on your turn. Not on your turn, right. You pass the turn, right, whatever. So, mm-hmm. uh, but by the way, they better be giving us some sweet lands because two, a red, a white, and a black. Well, easily they could put in the allied colored pain lands. Yeah, right? Oh. right. Okay, here's the one. We'll say this one's got my dander up. I'm pretty excited, right? <laughs> your dander? Like uh, your dust bunnies and stuff are just like active? Yes. Okay. Three colorless, blue, blue, blue for Arcanus the Omnipotent. So six mana. Six mana. Okay. For a legendary oh. wizard, he's a 3-4. Okay. Tap. Draw three cards. That's yeah. what I am talking about. What's the downside? Yeah. Two blue blue. Return him to your hand. Okay. The that, end. That's it? That, that's Is he it. legendary? Yeah. Okay. 
That's not so bad. I'd, I'd like a, a way to cheat him out. Six is a bit much. So the sound you just heard was the soul of Ravnica being rendered completely irrelevant forever. <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of was the anyway. of the bulk, right? Yeah. Right. And what I like about both, like, okay, I'm going to talk about Arc- Arcanus first. Is like with Prophet of Crufix, this becomes really interesting, right? Because you can right. actually flash him in and activate him really quickly. Right. 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 And if you are able to have two untapped steps with him, thank you very much. I'll take. Lots of cards, mm-hmm. right. right? Maybe I'm living in mystery dreamland or magical Christmas land, but I really like that. What do you guys think of these cards? <sighs> So-so to me. Um, the thing I'm thinking... Even I think it's pronounced Timur. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, even with the blue guy, I mean, yes, drawing through cards, amazing, whatever. Six mana in blue is rough, you know? You're going you're gonna to hope that you're stabilized by that point. One would hope. One would hope. And if you are, then yeah, game over, right? Indeed. But the other guy, ah, I mean, he's going to attack. Someone's probably going to block me. He doesn't have trample. He'll be an 8-3, and then I just I feel like they're going to kill him on third turn pretty easily. Hey, here's a hero's downfall. Yeah, something. You yeah. Know. Eh. What, what do you say? So when uh, Aetherling rotates out, I feel like this would be the card that you would try to put in its place. Maybe? I don't know. I mean, it's still kind of late with when you want card draw a little bit maybe earlier, but I don't know. A one, or, one or two of seems right. It does, right? I'm thinking more of a zero, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, well, again, I think this is slam dunk better than Prognostic Sphinx, but it does not fly. So that matters. Okay, so so I understand pie in the sky, man. You want this to happen. You want this to be on the field. I don't see this thing getting played. I, I see a couple attempts here and there, and then I see failure. Think Convoke, though. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't it, have Convoke. How are you going to get him out early? Well, no, but other uh, quarter calling. <laughs> <laughs> so how much how much mana are we paying? <laughs> well, look, don't we don't know. And honestly, it's going to be really interesting to see how the wedge affects Devotion. Mm. Um, because if there's these gold multicolored cards, mm-hmm. Devotion gets worse. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's something we would like to see, correct? Right, right. Um, plus, these gold legendary creature cards that means for your Dustin commander players they're going to be wanting them you're going to be wanting to sell to them i, I, Come I, I on. get that i get that but we're, we're talking like standard standard play if not multi-format play um it's it, it's been really rare that something like this out of a dual deck sees that much play that's true you know good I mean, old good old Paul Kronos, yeah, yeah that yeah. we totally right took to town and we're like it's worthless <laughs> right really good okay so i mean there's always exceptions to the rule and some of the dual decks come out obviously with you know good planeswalkers in them like when they had to redo jace architect stuff like that sure but um when it's stuff that's you know new not necessarily a dual deck of stuff that's already out it just usually doesn't fly yeah i hear you we'll see i, we'll I hear see. you I just want to draw three cards. That's all I really want. I, I, I get it. It's called Ancestral Recall. Mm. I mean, do I want the format to be in a place where Frost Links is playable and good? Yeah, I do. Let's go play Vintage, man. <laughs> vintage with Frost Links? No, hey, with Ancestral can... Recall and draw oh. your three cards. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, man, with the Black Lotus, you can Frost Links on turn one. That's true. You could, technically, <laughs> yes. Okay. And play an island and still Ancestral Recall. You could do both. Fair enough. All That's right. right. Cameron, are we like super overtime? No, we're sitting kind of average where we always sit. All right. Well, let's yeah. have you become a spike. All right. So every week, 
we like to have... Almost every week. Almost every week. You've ruined it. It can't be every week anymore. Okay. Unless you catch up and do like three a day for like next week, then we can say we're good. We're back. I'll think about it. All right. If I think about it, I mean no way. Uh, of course. Um, so Cameron, we like to give you an older card. Have you evaluated? What's your card this week? This week we have uh, Flicker Wisp. Mm-hmm. Cost one white white. It's a creature and it's an elemental. It has a power and toughness of three one and has flying. It also has this text. When Flicker Wisp enters the battlefield, exile another target permanent. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Um, so I, I think this would be good on, on two fronts. If you have a creature where there is an activation when it enters the battlefield and it causes something else to happen. I'm trying to think you gain two life or, you know, you're able then to exile another creature or it deals two damage. Curtis, how many times do you flicker wisp to gain an extra two life? All the time. All the time. I, I'm just, All the time. As an example, Moving on. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take um, that burn. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I mean, maybe if you have like a creature that was enchanted or something like that, you would exile that creature to... Knocking off that pacifism. Yeah, pacifism, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's legacy playable, right? Well, well if they pacify your Suntail Hawk... Exactly. You can play a Flicker Wisp to knock right. it off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, you're, you're really wanting to use this to bring in or to exile that creature whatever card that you have to put it back into play that will then give you more advantage in some some capacity do you know what deck this is played in no i don't death and taxes death and taxes this is like one deck that i'm not familiar with at all um so there's a card called mangora of corindor i believe that's right mangara maybe mangara Mangara of corindor and his thing is once he's in play he has the ability of tap and you can exile, is it target permanent? Or, and you have to exile And you exile him Mangara. as well, right? So basically, you put the ability on the stack, target something of theirs. Mangara would be leaving, but you Flicker Wisp, he actually leaves, so he doesn't get exiled, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't. it's not just Flicker Wisp. There's a couple other things that you can use with Mangara to, to bounce him that way. And essentially, you kind of get him in a lock where every turn you're just exiling one of their things. So you're so always ahead of them. Are you using Flicker Wisp with like Aether Vial in order yeah, to so kind you, of flash it in? Yes. Okay. So okay. that's a common use. I will say that the Flicker Wisp, you can also use it in an offensive way like because it says at the beginning of the next end step, mm-hmm. yeah. you can do something to one of their things at their end step via Aether Vial and then it doesn't come back in until your end step. You see what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. the next end step. I will also say that this card is seeing less and less play in Death and Taxes because it's kind, it's cute, and it's it can do some things. But against <clears throat> some of the decks that don't have permanents, you're really not doing a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it is an interesting card, and there are a lot of really tricky things you can do. Um, but it's not the bee's knees. And this is why you're also seeing Bramaz and Legacy kind of creep up in that deck because it's way better in grindy matchups. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're not same casting cost. And yeah. And you're not as dead to punishing fire. Sure. Right. If you have a Bramaz or two. So good card though. Obnoxious card. Like I kind of actively right. hate it. Right. And the art is creepy. Yeah. It's kind it of awesome. Really. Yeah. Kind of awesome. All right. So let's wrap up the show, Cameron. Yeah. If someone would like to get a hold of Dustin, <laughs> is it possible? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Not possible. Yeah. They can come to Iceland. We'll hike some mountains. So, so you're in Iceland now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> nice. Right this second. <laughs> but you feel so close. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's weird. 
Anyway, uh, what about you, Cameron? I'm on Twitter, at Cameron underscore McCoy. And I am at Curtis now. We are also on Twitter as a show, at SpikeFeedMTG. See, see, he says he's on Twitter, which is kind of like a fictional place. How come I can't be in Iceland right now? And that'd be fictional, right? Doesn't that work? I, don't he, not, he I, didn't, want, I didn't want to be, be the one to tell you this, but on Iceland Twitter. is real. Yeah, well, fictionally, I'm in Iceland, right? Because he can't actually be... In Twitter, not Can we flicker wisp Dustin out <laughs> of this Can we flicker wisp this conversation? <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, so our show feed, or our show Twitter feed is at SpikeFeedMTG. Uh, you can also catch up with our show on BrainstormBrewery.com, MTGCast.com, and SpikeFeed.com. We will check you guys next week. <laughs>